Hey, it's Candy. Did you know that I have a quiz to help coaches choose their niche? Yeah, I do. It's super popular and it has been taken more than 20,000 times. This is a fun quiz that takes you about two minutes to do and it will probably give you way more clarity on choosing your best coaching niche. So now whether you say niche or niche, it's going to work for you. And if you're a coach and you have been stuck in niche indecision, wondering what to do, then you should take my quiz and find out what you learn. You can take the quiz today at coachnichequiz.com. That's coachnichequiz.com. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I'm your host, Candy Motzek, and I'm going to help you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to become the coach that you are meant to be. If you're a new coach, or if you've always wanted to be a life coach, then this is the place for you. We're going to talk all about mindset and strategies and how to, because step-by-step only works when you have the clarity, courage, and confidence to take action. Let's get started. Hi, friends, and welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I've got another special guest episode here for you today. I'm interviewing Emmy Wu of Emmy Wu Media. She reached out to me, and when I started to look into her presence, and then when I spoke with her, I knew I needed to share her with you. She is something special. She's a media specialist, and of course, her website is gorgeous, enticing, grounded, magnetic. But here's what spoke to me most. She is a woman of substance and a woman with heart. I looked at her case studies on her website, and I'll put the link in the episode notes because I really want you to go and have a look at those. But in particular, there is one there for Habitat for Humanity, Columbia County, which I believe is just north of Portland, Oregon. Now, if you're not familiar with the Habitat for Humanity organization, you should be. In a nutshell, it's a way for families who are habitual renters to become homeowners. And it's not a handout. It's a hand up. It's affordable housing, but it's different. They bring communities together to help families build strength, stability, and independence through affordable home ownership. All of the home owners have a significant volunteer component, over 500 hours at least in Canada, and their model of affordable home ownership bridges that gap for low-income working-class families by providing them with an opportunity to finally buy a home. This is one of the ways that families get a chance to belong, they get a community to belong to, and they get some stability in their life, and they get to create equity by paying that mortgage instead of paying rent. So for many of them, this is an opportunity they would never have been able to have. So go and look at that video. You're going to see the kind of work that Emmy does from that, and it is touching and heartfelt and moving. And you can feel in your bones the impact that a story can have on an organization. So let's dive in. 
And let me introduce her to you. So Emmy is a video storyteller. She focuses on authentic connections more than gimmicky trends. And because videos shouldn't just be pretty shots that she's stuck together, she has a story with a laser-focused message that converts your viewers into raving fans and lifelong customers. And when you know what you do, but you're not sure how to translate it into video, that's where she comes in. She helps her clients translate what they do into a strategy that people love. So you can reach more people, you can empower more lives and enrich the world. She also comes complete with two decades in the film industry. She says that she's rubbed shoulders with brands like Paramount Pictures, MGM, Subaru, and Real Housewives. And she brings big screen-worthy storytelling to your business. Now, when I looked at this at first, I thought, huh, how can this conversation, how can this conversation with Emmy, how can it help you best? So she is going to help you with some of those very first steps that I hear over and over. We're going to talk a little bit more today about speaking and overcoming the fear of getting on camera and the fear of being visible. Plus, she's got a really interesting twist on archetypes and how to leverage them in a way that suits you best. So welcome, Emmy. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, what an intro. I'm just so excited to be here. Tell me a little bit about you. How did you get started doing this? Mm -hmm. I think I've always been a creative person and always had a creative heart. I think since I was a child, I knew that I was going to be doing something with the moving picture. Uh, I'd be fascinated by National Geographic spreads of different cultures and storytelling and old world cameras and movie shoots. And so it really didn't come by mistake that as soon as I graduated from university, I started working in the film industry and continued to do so for almost two decades, um, working directly with cameras, even before HD was a thing. <laughs> so that just goes <laughs> to show my age a little bit. Um, and then I, I met a boy. <laughs> as many stories start that way, uh, I met my would-be husband and as a Canadian, he was American. So when I moved to the U.S., I thought to myself, well, I don't think I'm going to find a film career here in Portland, Oregon, just because they're quite, there isn't the media presence uh, here as there was in Vancouver. But it really started this inquiry of like, why don't I just start my own thing? Why don't I leverage everything that I've learned about cameras, about storytelling, and help businesses to leverage that in their marketing? Um, and so after being behind the camera for two decades, I finally put myself in front of the camera, which was terrifying. Um, <laughs> but that's ultimately where it all started and just kind of snowballed incrementally from there. It's amazing. It sounds like a lifelong passion. You know, isn't it interesting to think that even when you were younger, you knew you were going to do something like that? You know, there's not not everybody sort of has that vision for their life, but when you've got it, then you know, you're gifted to be able to take that forward and use that as an adult too. 
That's pretty amazing. And lots of people wouldn't trust themselves either. They might just think that that was just a fun little thing instead of really going all in on their dream. I think that um, there were certainly many doubts along the way, though. Uh, Even though I knew I had that passion in my heart, whether or not I could turn that into a business and into a living was a completely different story because I really had to learn the ins and outs of online marketing and social video storytelling, as opposed to cinematic storytelling, which are very different mediums with different messaging that we need to consider as business owners. So I think that my confidence in what I do, um, perhaps that passion was instilled in me as a young child, but I certainly had to endure many tests and also stay on course myself in order to really fulfill that dream. Yeah. It reminds me of the hero or heroine's journey. Um, and, And I think that every person who's a coach, every person who is successful or has this, you know, vision for something in their life, they've all got their own version of that heroine's journey, right? You know, we come to a place where we know life needs to change. And then we set off on what we think is going to be all fun and games. And we learn a lot along the way before we finally come to that place of success. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that we learn in this journey of entrepreneurship, and certainly for myself too, is finding our own voice, you know, how is it that we truly and authentically express ourselves in social media, in our videos, in even, you know, email marketing. Um, And there's plenty of templates and roadmaps and blueprints out there, which is absolutely fine when you start. But I think what's really important is to allow those templates and structures to help you build that foundation but also don't be afraid to stray from them and really hone into what is it that really lights you up to talk about and from what perspective, you know, there's so much value in our unique experiences, even in the challenges that we've been through. In fact, like, I feel like challenges are our life's greatest gifts. And so many of our stories are hidden gems in those challenges. So it really is a like, iterative process where we get to try a little bit, put ourselves out there a little bit, refine, tweak, and keep doing it again. And I think through that, you find your own voice, you find proficiency in that. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I just sort of want to pause for a second here and kind of make sure that the listeners really heard what you said about finding your own voice, but not expecting it to be perfect right off the bat that you do a bit and that you learn a bit and you assess and then you do a little bit more, but always bringing you, you know, the creator to the process instead of trying to make everything perfectly polished and rehearsed and, you know, ultimately a little bit stiff and uncomfortable because you're so uncomfortable yourself with that performance as opposed to just being true to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think all of us who, who put ourselves out on video, we certainly go through that resistance and that fear of judgment. And 
is it even worth it? You know, I put this video out there. How many of my coworkers and family are going to see this? Like, how embarrassing is that going to be? You know, what are they going to say? And and I see so many business owners actually stop themselves even before they even really began. And so what you said is so important to remove ourselves from that idea of perfection, because there truly is no such thing as perfection. Like what is it anyways, right? Yeah. Perfection is, is when you show up, perfection is when you take courageous steps. Perfection is when, when you finally realize that part of you is indeed brilliant and doesn't need anything else behind that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you've just given voice to some of those underlying thought patterns that I think we all experience. We all have that tape running in the back of our mind. And I'm, I'm, for me, when I hear those thoughts in my mind where I'm worrying about somebody else's opinion or when I'm thinking that it's not quite good enough or, you know, whatever, however that voice of my inner critic shows up, I always remind myself that this isn't about me. It's about how I could help somebody else. And if I'm so worried about being stuck in my own worries, then I'll never say it. I'll never get out there in front of the camera or in this case, in front of the microphone. What about you? What do you, what do you do to move through that kind of underlying thought pattern? I know that those fears are real (laughs) for sure. Uh, And so this certainly isn't to diminish the the very, you know, real and sometimes visceral feeling of putting yourself out there and and becoming more visible. Even to this day, before I'm I'm about to do an interview or before I'm about to go live, I still get sweaty palms, you know? So (laughs) like that degree of a little bit of nervousness and anticipation I don't know if it ever goes away, but you start to just become more resilient to it, or you just don't really take it as personally. So one thing that I've always kept in mind is my why, you know, in the moments where I'm like, I don't feel like creating a video. I'm not, you know, I feel a little flat right now, or, you know, it's that time of the month or whatever the excuse is. I just remember like, why am I doing this in the first place? Right. And there are going to be people out there that perhaps you put that first video out there and it doesn't get too much traction. And maybe you do that for another five or 10 videos, but there's going to be eventually people who are watching you that you don't even know are watching you. And one of these days, when you keep up that momentum and keep that why close to you, you're going to receive messages from people who say, thank you for saying that. That's exactly what I needed to hear. And so I think it's really important to remind yourself of your why and also remind yourself of the greater impact that you're going to have. So you better start preparing for it now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And that's interesting because I've actually had that experience where uh, video, both video and with this podcast too, where I put something out months ago and it didn't, you know, it never really went anywhere, but I just kept showing up and showing up. And then I went to an in-person event. So you can tell this is pre-COVID. And a woman came up to me and started talking to me like she knew me. And it's because she had been watching all of these videos and she felt connected. Mm 
And that one, you know, five minute interaction is such a big reminder of how often that really happens. You know, people who are watching videos that, you know, some of these listeners may create, they may never get a chance to meet that person in person. So we just don't know what kind of an impact it's really having. But I think it's important to remember that we don't know, we can't measure that ripple effect, but we know that it's happening. We just have to have the trust that it is happening. What do you think about using fear as a fuel? Do you ever do that? I, so it's nuanced, right? Because I certainly, uh, I do believe that our fears are often our greatest portals for growth. So that thing that you are terrified to do (laughs) is probably going to stretch you so much that even if you don't quite realize it, you are changed just from moving through that experience. Although that said, I know with some people, if you tell them to just jump off the cliff, that's going to be so terrifying and so overwhelming that they're not ever going to even do it. So for every person, you have to know where your barometer is and to push yourself, but maybe you push yourself a little bit. Right. So instead of launching your YouTube channel, maybe you just start streaming live in a small group that you created with just your family members so that you can practice going live. Right. Um, Or maybe it's turning on that camera for the first time and just giving it a go, seeing how it feels in your body. So then you can really gauge how to move forward. Um, Fear can be such a valuable tool, but also be mindful of how you need to be supported in order to take your next big steps. Mm. Yeah. I like this, the idea of knowing your own tolerances um, and limits and also breaking it down into smaller bite-sized pieces, something that you can actually do that is a stretch, but it's not the stretching that elastic to the breaking point, just stretching it a little bit and knowing that it worked. And then you can try something new and something new and something new. For me, I, I mean, there's lots of things that I'm scared of normal. That's a normal human thing. And there are some that I've learned that the adrenaline rush afterwards is way more enticing than the nervousness of actually starting. And so I think that's where that question came from is fear is a fuel. Like when you know that on the other side of that is that some kind of feeling, either feeling accomplished or proud, or like you, you know, feeling that you had the courage and you did it. I think there's, for me anyway, there's a lot of growth there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think anytime we take action, uh, and particularly if we continue to take small, consistent actions, and then we look back six months or a year from now, and we're like, holy cow, look at all that I've done. And you won't even notice it as much. It won't feel like someone's forcing you to jump off a cliff, but rather making you just stand a little closer to the edge each time, right? But then when you look back, you'll realize I've I've done it. Yeah. And that's something that we have to do is remind ourselves how far we've come. You know, so um, any of the listeners, as you're taking these small steps, 
document them, you know, document them in your journal. Or if you've got some original videos and you know they're not very good, but don't take them down off your channel. Leave them so that you can remind yourself of how far you've come because every step is you know, sort of part of that journey of you becoming that next version of yourself. I love that so much. I have still my first blog videos from 2015, still on my blog. So if anybody wants to go check them out, you're welcome to just go all the way back to my oldest blogs. And, you know, I can certainly see the difference in in my delivery, obviously. But I think just like how you said, I kept them up as a living example, you know, see how much you can grow. And was that a perfect video? Ah, far from it. And yet at the same time, we just keep putting out those little imperfect actions and you don't have to be perfect. You know, nobody's expecting you to be perfect. And in fact, an interesting study uh, in social media proves that people are more inclined to trust somebody in a raw, authentic, messy live video than they are to trust somebody in a perfectly polished pre-recorded video. And that says a lot, you know, about where marketing trends are going. And to just remember at the end of the day, you're just, you're touching another human on the other end of that camera lens, right? It's not like a big stadium of people who are judging you. It's just (laughs) another human, right? One other human, heart to heart. How can you bring that level of just your, your, your personality, your unique take on, on life, on business and, and share it in a very just raw and real way. Mm, Yeah. That's really interesting about this, what you were just saying about these um, raw, real videos having more impact than the, you know, airbrushed version of them. And I think that that should give us heart, you know, that people are drawn to real people. We all know that, you know, there's, we all know that no one's perfect, but we still kind of play that, play that side of the line every once in a while. And I also think that it's pretty amazing that you've left your original videos up on your blog. That shows your clients that you're real and they can go and see your evolution. And I think that the amount of trust that that builds is something that, you know, you can't orchestrate, right? It's just you're showing up as yourself in every step of your growth. Yeah, I think that's ultimately what, we're looking for, right? Yes, we're watching and consuming content and videos to to learn, to gain insights. Um, but ultimately, we hold people's attention because there's some kind of connection, right? Mm-hmm. We're still humans at the end of the day. So there is something, uh, je ne sais quoi, about the way you talk, the way you deliver your ideas that deeply connects with somebody and you don't have to try to do this. This isn't like something you need to learn. You already innately have that, but you just have to trust yourself enough to allow that to come out instead of trying to force yourself into a box that might actually defeat your goals because then you're essentially hiding a part of yourself. Mm, Yeah. So can we just take a slight turn here? For the new coaches, the ones that are really resonating with what you're saying, 
What would you recommend to get them started being visible on camera? How would you help them? Yeah, great question. So I always say, start with what you already have. (laughs) I see this tendency to get really excited. I'm going to create all these videos and then I'm going to buy a really expensive camera and then you take it home and you're like, oh, I don't know how to use this camera. (laughs) And then there's a learning curve and then they get frustrated and then they don't make videos at all. So I would say, start with your smartphone, start with your iPad, start with your built-in webcam, you know, whatever is going to be easily accessible so that you start to build up that comfort level of just even being on camera. Because I promise you, if you have this huge complicated setup and you're trying to deliver content, you're probably going to lose motivation in doing that pretty quickly. So start with the simple tools and just getting your message out there. And then you can always upgrade and evolve from there. Mm -hmm. I would also say, don't worry about being on all the platforms. You know, we have like YouTube and Facebook and TikTok and Snapchat. And it's like, it can be overwhelming to even figure out where do I even start, right? So consider where your ideal clients might be hanging out. I know I started my face, my business on Facebook and I've grown it for years there, partly because that was just the platform that I was most familiar with. And I leveraged that to my advantage. So I've been posting videos there for years now. So what is the platform that A, your ideal clients are most likely going to be hanging out on and B, that feels most natural for you so that you'll be more likely to be consistent with it because that's a big part too. It's all fine and dandy to create one video, but then what comes after that, right? So we want to create some kind of consistency to really get your message out there and help to grow your visibility. And once you've mastered that one platform, then you can start to think about expanding to other platforms. Keeping things simple for sure. Yeah. So the what I heard was start with what you have, start with where you are, start with where you're most comfortable and just get started, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like hit record. <laughs> <laughs> just hit record, just hit go live. And you know, one thing that I and that I've noticed, and I think it seems to be more dominant in us females that we have this strong um, kind of, we're so afraid of what people are going to say and like how they're going to judge us when we put ourselves out there. And then when we create that video, we watch it back for the first time, we cringe because we're like, I never knew I made so many funny faces when I talked or like, why do I say um and ah so much? I never even knew that I did that. So There is already a bit of that learning curve, but when you start to create videos, I would say definitely watch your videos back, even though you might want to hide in the beginning, but I promise you, you will just be more resilient to it. You won't, after a while, you just won't really care as much around what you look like or what you sound like. But most importantly, if you really want to improve Select one thing that you want to improve on and consciously work on that in each video, as opposed to kind of throwing up your hands and saying, oh, I suck on video. Like who's going to watch this? I'm never going to do it again. You know, one thing that I know I really struggled with was speaking on camera. 
I would literally just freeze like deer in headlights. <laughs> and so <laughs> in order to get around this, I started to use a teleprompter to support me with my dialogue as I delivered content on blog videos. But it wasn't until live videos came around. There's just that little bit of pressure of somebody watching on the other end that forces you to keep going instead of just stop record. It really, really improved my speech and my camera presence in a short amount of time. So pay attention to that one thing that you want to improve upon. Maybe it's less ums. Maybe it's slowing down a little bit because sometimes when we get nervous, we'll just ramble and talk really fast. Uh, or maybe it's the opposite, you know, maybe instead of rambling, you freeze like me. So what are the ways that you can gently support yourself to work on that one thing? And you will then see incremental change because you're actually gauging and measuring what you want to improve instead of just saying, ah, I need to get better. <laughs> Yeah, better is elusive, right? Like we always want to improve what we're doing, but in what way? And so, you know, I just, just again, kind of like a air quote pause here for a second. For the listeners, you guys, rewind this section. Emmy has just given you like a play-by-play version of how to get started being visible in a way that is super manageable. You don't need to do anything fancy. You don't need to spend any money on new equipment. Use what you've already got. And then as she's described, get started and then watch your videos. That might be the place that you're the stickiest is actually re-watching your videos. Choose one thing and then start to fine tune that. So, I mean, just, just this five minutes alone is going to massively help any of the new coaches that are listening who know they want to get started, but they just don't know quite how. And I think that, you know, you've really given them some great step-by-steps there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope it is supportive. And also just remembering that, you know, it is a process, right? And it is a process where not only are you going to become better on video and become a better speaker and be more articulate in, in delivering your ideas, but I think the most beautiful thing about video and visibility as a whole is that by practice and sometimes, you know, sometimes by falling on our faces, but by doing it, we really start to find our voice we really start to understand things about ourselves that make us tick, that we feel passionate about, that we could just talk for days about. And I feel like you can never really learn that until you just get out in the trenches and do it. Um, and so this is really what we need. You know, we need more women, more amazing coaches stepping up, speaking their truth and sharing from their hearts. And, you know, as a collective, that's, that's how we change the world as well. Mm, that's wonderful. Okay. So we have covered a lot and I am so pleased that you've been here to talk to me. I've learned a lot of things from you and I'm sure my audience will as well. Now, I want to make sure that the people who would like to go and find you, find out more about who you are, what you do, can you share how they can find you? Website, um, social media handles, whatever is the best way to get a hold of you. 
Yeah, absolutely. So you can visit my website. It's emmywoo.com, E-M-M-Y-W-U.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at emmywoomedia. Um, and I also have a Facebook group called the Video Visibility Mastery Group. And that's where I usually hang out and I'm sharing more video tips and resources with that community as well. Oh, that's great. Oh, super. Okay. So Emmy, thank you so much for joining me. I know that your experience on this message is really going to help my listeners. I know it's helped me already, and it's going to give them a place to get started and make it happen. It's been so much fun. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Thank you so much. Oh, great. Thanks again for listening today please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.